Hi guys, it's Lindsay and you're listening to the Modern Wedding Photog Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the mistakes I made when I first started my business, so you don't have to. I can't believe I'm about to share these embarrassing things I did that at the time I thought was helping my business, but in reality, it was really hurting it, or it really wasn't helping at all, and just resulted in a bunch of wasted time. So first, when it comes to social media marketing, we're told to share, 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 and I'm a huge believer in that. That's something I focus on a lot in my mentor sessions. You need to create content and share your work, but I made the mistake of sharing everything I photographed, every type of session, from bridal party to maternity sessions, from high school seniors to newborns. In my head, I was showing everyone that I was a good photographer, but in my potential clients' minds, when they looked at my social media, it showed that, yeah, I I took professional photos, but I didn't really specialize in anything. Showing your potential clients that you specialize in just weddings and couples or just families and children shows them that you have the experience. You've spent the time learning your craft and you're worth the investment. If you stick to just one or two categories in the photography realm and only share that work, you'll start attracting potential clients who are interested in that specific thing. Now, this doesn't mean that you can't photograph anything else. You'll definitely still get inquiries for other types of sessions, but the key is to only share your work in the realm that you wanna be in. So if you really wanna be a wedding photographer, share only weddings and couples. Share what you photograph that shows your main work is with weddings and engaged couples. And the same goes for family photography. Focus on family and children, maternity sessions, etc. Doing this is going to get you clients who will start following you to see more. And then they'll eventually end up in your inbox if you stay consistent with that type of photography you're sharing. Okay, this one might be the most embarrassing thing I've ever done. I used to ask brides on their wedding day where they wanted things like portraits, first looks, like while the bride was in her wedding dress, hair and makeup done. I should have asked these things beforehand or location scouted before the day started. A bride doesn't know what locations and lighting work the best with your style. You're the professional, they're not. And they're looking to you to be the professional. Plus, you don't want your couples to have anything to think about when it comes to photography. You want them to enjoy their day and know that you have things under control. This fact finally hit me when I had a bride look me dead in the eyes in the middle of her wedding day and say, I think you know what you got. And she said it in that tone too. And she was right. I did know what I got. I had been asking her, is there anything else? Do you want to go here? Or just asking her all these questions. And she was like, I think you know what you got. I shouldn't have been asking her if she wanted to do this, if she wanted to do this. I needed to take control of what I needed to capture the day. Now, if I haven't been to a venue before, I now go with my couples or I do some sort of location scouting before I'm set to start shooting. My favorite thing to do is to location scout the day of. So I show up about 30 minutes before I have to start shooting and I walk around. I go see the ceremony set up, check the lighting, see how the reception's getting set up. You know, that's a whole different lighting situation, especially if it's an indoor reception. And this way I know what the lighting and the weather and all that stuff is gonna be in just a few hours. And then when my couple's looking at me for direction, like, okay, where do we do portraits? Where do we do this? I know that we've A, either talked about that beforehand, and I know that there's certain places that the couple really want some portraits, or I know because I'm the professional, okay, the lighting's really good over here, or this would make a good backdrop. And then when they're looking at me for that direction, I know exactly where to go, and we're boom, boom, boom. One thing I get the most complimented on, and it actually was something that my parents used to get on me for when I was younger, was doing things too fast. I just, 
I apparently have a high processing speed. Don't think I'm trying to sound smart because I have learning disabilities and I literally failed in school. But for some reason, I have a really high processing speed and I love it. And I just love to go, go, go. But I like to do it when I know what I'm doing. This isn't like I'm flying off the handle and I'm just like, oh, let's do this. Okay, okay. No, I know where we're going to go. I know how much time we have. And I get complimented on that a lot from my couples because they like that we didn't spend what felt like two hours on their portraits. They liked that the family got their portraits and they were able to enjoy cocktail hour. And we really stuck within that hour, which is usually what you have, sometimes less, to get all those portraits done. They are going to love the portraits that you capture afterwards. You know, we're in the business of memories and allowing people to relive them by seeing their images of that day. But on their wedding day, they want to enjoy it. They don't want to have to worry about the portraits, you know, that they're not even going to get for another couple weeks. They want to enjoy the here and now. So you being prepared for that, as long as preparing them, you know, like asking them questions, having a phone consult beforehand or going to the venue, they know and they trust you that you have everything under control. Okay. So on to the next one. I used to solely shoot on aperture mode. And I know a lot of you listening do this or have done this in the past. The problem with shooting on aperture priority, which means you're adjusting your aperture and not your shutter speed and not your ISO. Since you're only telling your camera what aperture to choose, the camera's deciding what shutter speed and which ISO to choose. Now cameras are smart. They can do a good job most of the time. They can take a reading of the light in the room and pick what they think is the best setting. But this becomes a problem when you end up in low lit situations or you have a fast moving subject or the lighting's a little bit wonky. This is not gonna produce the imagery that you're striving for, especially when you're trying to stick to a certain style and you know that you you have a preset, you're sticking with this style. And so you need to capture images that are gonna do well with that style. So this is why you have to master all three parts of the exposure triangle, the shutter speed, the aperture, and the ISO. So a good rule to stick to with your shutter speed is to keep it above 1 250th of a second. This ensures that if you have any sort of moving subject, you're going to get them sharp and frozen. You're not, you know, if someone's waving their hand, you're not going to you're not going to get a blurry hand. That's a signal to everyone that something's blurry, something's out of focus. You know that you're going to get everything right. So your ISO is your camera sensitivity to light. So this comes in handy when the sun goes behind the clouds or you're in a dim lit area. On a bright sunny day, your ISO should be at 100. You have enough light from that big huge sun and you don't need to allow any more into your lens. But say it's really cloudy. It's been cloudy the whole day and the sun is setting. It's even darker. This is when you would wanna bump up your ISO to make sure that you can have a fast enough shutter speed to capture everything sharply. If you haven't mastered the exposure triangle, I'm here to tell you, you have to do that now. You can't shoot in different lighting situations or obtain a signature style and have an easier time editing if you don't master shutter speed, aperture, and ISO. Okay, the very last thing. And this is about social media, my favorite part of owning your own small creative business. Um, I thought I would automatically get paying clients by telling them what I offered. Just plain and simple. I would post a caption like, hey guys, I shoot weddings. Go to my website for more information. Or hey guys, I'm doing these sessions and this is how much they are. Come email me, head to my website. I'm going to say this in the nicest way possible. No one cares, especially when you're first starting your business. 
And this is something I see a lot from people who are just starting. They feel the need to shout out to the masses. Hey guys, look at me, I'm here. And it's totally understandable. You know that no one sees you yet. So you're trying to do anything that you can to get noticed. But I want you to start using your images as your way of saying, hey, look at me, I do weddings. Use a wedding image. And you don't have to photograph a wedding. You don't have to be the main shooter at a wedding to post wedding images. You can be a second shooter, you can be an assistant, and this is all with the permission of the primary photographer if they allow you to share your images and use them on social media. Or you could do a simple bridal session. Do you have a friend who still has their wedding dress? Grab some flowers from Trader Joe's, take them to a beach, and you have bridal portraits. We're served ads constantly. They're on our TVs, phones, music. We've learned to tune them out. If someone sees a caption like, hey, look what I do, or anything you're saying that's ultimately going to lead to someone paying you, they're just going to keep scrolling. They are not going to pay attention. They're going to move on to other things. Instead of using an Instagram caption to tell people what you offer, use that caption as a way of getting people interested in you and your business. They will follow if they find that you're talking about something they can relate to. You could talk about things that have nothing to do with your photography. Use your social media to allow people to get to know who's behind the camera, who and what they can expect from their session or wedding, or just who you are as a person. They know you're a photographer. It's what you choose to share about yourself that's going to turn them from a potential client into an actual client. Okay, those are all the embarrassing things I chose to share. I can't say all the embarrassing things I've done because I'm sure there are a bunch more, but those were the main ones um, and the ones that really stick out in my mind and I really think can help you. Um, As always, I offer virtual and in-person mentor sessions. So if you're seeking one-on-one mentor session on how to use your camera, how to get a style, how to edit, how to market yourself using social media, I go over all of that stuff in my mentor sessions and they're completely customizable. We do an in-depth questionnaire. So I really get to the root of what you need help with. So I hope this helped you. If you have any other questions or suggestions about things you want to hear in the future, shoot me an email and it'll be in the show notes below.